Hi, listeners. Before we get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, a decision that stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive health care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans, a decision that could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to podvoices.help, P-O-D-V-O-I-C-E-S dot help. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. Thank you. We are a weekly Numenera actual play podcast. I will be your humble and gentle GM, woo-woo, Daniel Anderlich. With me today is Stace Babcock. New high score? What does that mean? Is that bad? Did I break it? <laughs> <laughs> Samson Davis. Just when I get out, they pull me back in. And on a Saturday morning, <laughs> come on, man. Have some respect for the dead. <laughs> And Alex Finn. I thought this was like my get out of jail free card where I was just like, aha, Chacha died. I don't have to be here. But no, I was told I needed to be in this meeting. meeting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this could have been an email for us. Yeah, really? Yeah. But don't forget there's cake in the conference room. Fuck, I love cake. Speaking of cake, dice. Die hard dice. They have many dices that probably look like cakes, but you shouldn't eat them or else you'll lose those precious dice and you don't want to do that. But if, if you've already lost precious dice, you should go die hard dice and buy more dice. They have beautiful dice, acrylic, metal, whatever colors and configurations you'd like. And once you have decided on your tasty order, you can use our code Explorers one and get 10% off of that order. So you are getting high quality dice for a little bit cheaper and you're supporting the show. It's a net positive all around. So go do that or tell a friend to do that if they don't listen to the podcast. Okay, I'm done now. I mean, do we need a recap? Did anything important happen last time? (laughs) Stace, did anything important happen last time? Oh, let's see. So the door had opened. Buddy Cop emerged from Chacha's mouth in the forge, jumped into the fire and came back to Bodrov. Chacha followed soon after. And Dilly took a body to the body (laughs) and unfortunately passed away so of course nix ate dilly naturally Mm. as you should Mm -hmm. and then as nix was going through dilly's items found the existence knife which very handily wipes somebody from existence the idea here being to stab buddy cop but bloodthirsty Mm cha-cha took him down first (laughs) and so all the devourers are coming out of the door, eating shit. Nix is like, got one option. Cha-Cha, you gots to go. And stab Cha-Cha, who was then unraveled from existence. Like I said, you found the yeah. secret quest. You found Cha-Cha's parents. <laughs> <laughs> go read the flavor text on that knife, listeners. Read that and just be like, wow. Which may or may not be how precisely how that knife works in this world. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's good flavor. I love it. Yeah. 
Like Marty McFly, that shit. I think I hit the high notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah. I want to point out real quick that in the beginning of the episode, Dan said like orally burst, and that quickly became like the lower point because it just ran. The episode just ran from there, and that's very funny to me. <laughs> yeah. So, Nix, you are standing in this mech, a now utterly inert dagger in your hand, pressed against the back of a seat. You're alone. There are no dolls. Is utterly silent here. You hear no sounds of screaming, no sounds of battle from outside the mech. You feel a faint memory of warmth against your forehead. Oh. leaned over, and you know that while Cha-Cha is gone, you realize that you're the only one that will remember her. <sighs> what do you do? I guess Nyx will look out the window, and as she stands up, the knife slips from her fingers and, and clatters to the ground, and she looks to see if the door is still there. You see what appears to be an empty plane near the Plateau Bodrov. You don't see the door. You don't see anybody moving around. Maybe a few random wild animals in the distance. You don't see the other mechs. And there are no bodies. At that point, Nyx collapses and begins to cry for a while. Yeah. And very, like, racking tears, I imagine. Not. Yes. It's not dignified crying in any way. Not at all. Nyx just as you're starting to feel like you're running out of breath. You still feel the need to cry, but like it's almost like you can't, you're, you don't have the energy to do it anymore. You feel something shift in your head, and you hear a voice that you've only ever heard once before say, this is your second violation. You have a vision across your mind of a bubble-shaped pod in the midst of thousands of similar units, pods that look very much like ones that you saw before in the hole. One of those pods pops, revealing cables disengaging and falling away in sprays of white mist. Inside, you see a familiar automaton shape of a reaper. And as the vision fades, you hear a last message from that voice. For your crime, you have been scheduled for termination. Expect your reaper soon. Then it fades. I'm going to say she's just numb. She like she doesn't even care right now. She's like, come get me, bro. Yeah. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be a good fight and maybe a good death. So I think after that, she'll she'll gather up Dilly's possessions. They're still there, right? Dilly's possessions are still there. And in fact, you hear a knocking at the glass of the mech. Oh. Next looks. Aster is floating there, wreathed in black flame with the spider bot on his back. There are no dolls, but he seems to be looking to come in. Yeah, Nyx will look up at Astor, and, like, her her eyes are just incredibly red and swollen. Like, you can see both dried tears and still glistening tears on her face, and she'll reach over, and she'll... She won't even open the window all the way. She'll just, like, undo the latch. Astor steps inside. What does he do? I think Astor would definitely take a moment just to, like, scan Nyx just to, you know, see what happened to her, anything physically, and then I think he will just ask aloud, how? Yeah. Um, yeah I don't know if Aster would immediately know what happens. So Nyx is in Cha-Cha's. Yeah, and I would say this, that Aster, because of his former connection with the Protectorate, 
is aware of probably more than other people in the world is like like so he doesn't necessarily remember cha-cha but he remembers that there sh- there was supposed to be some sort of massive battle here that's not there anymore i imagine he remembers it kind of like how we would remember a book that we read a few years ago like we remember like mm-hmm. the highlights of it maybe a few important scenes that affected like us specifically but other than that like the details are mm-hmm. not as well remembered mm-hmm Eater threw a body through the window and and hit Dilly and into the core, um, and uh, he died. Ooh, that wasn't what Astra was asking, but that's an interesting piece of information for him to get right off the bat. I think Nix would assume he was asking about Dilly. Mm-hmm. I guess what I want to know is, I, I I I don't know what Astra's reaction to this would be, considering he knew right the existence knife incident. Because I guess D- uh, Aster would remember that Dilly dying, or I guess that Dilly, and feel something that uh, that Dilly died. But is there another Dilly? I mean, he no Dilly absolutely died. Like that does not change. Okay. So from Aster's perspective, the existence knife is something that does deform time, but the protectorate and the the data sphere and all the technology of the knife world does act to try to limit damage, right? So a lot of things, unless they were something that was directly cha-cha related, still happen in some way, shape, or form. Things that never happened, the fire getting corrupted by Buddy Cop, mm-hmm. Buddy Cop becoming physical, the battle, obviously Buddy Cop dying since he never became physical, mm-hmm. but everything else seems to have happened. So I just want to make sure, both for me and the listeners, there isn't a Dilly 2 running around that Aster also remembers from this newer timeline, Correct. No, Astor's got that weird memory of coming into battle with Dilly, a battle that seems to have disappeared. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, th- these relation, this relationship that was so important to him is now kind of at a distance, and he feels guilty because of that. Hmm. I'm not saying he's like doing this completely logically. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I'm just saying yeah. that's what he's feeling. What I guess Nix would see is just kind of Astor not really react, but then just kind of like squat down and almost go into like a hibernation state, standby. He also, basically, he also has to kind of shut down, quote-unquote, for a little bit. Yeah, the spider bot hops down and just begins wandering around the mech as if it's looking for something. Mm. Or someone. I think Nyx will sit there on her knees. She's on the floor with, like, her arms just hanging limply at her side and, like, her head bowed and sit in silence with Astor. Mm -hmm. And time passes. The sun begins to set. And it's now twilight out on the plane. Is Aster continuing to hibernate? In the middle of the night, Aster will stand up and begin just kind of... I think he would start by disassembling the mech or parts of the mech. And he's just collecting raw materials. And I think at some point he'll kind of pile them up and then begin building something. And then if Nyx is still awake for it, she'll see him trying to build a small humanoid figure. Yeah, I think Nyx is just slumped over against the seat she's like in and out of wretched sleep and doesn't give much of a fuck so she just opens her eyes every now and again and sees Aster moving around and closes them mistress yeah yes an imp flows out of the shadows hello we were concerned something feels wrong I uh I killed my friend. They sort of t- tilt their head to the side, like, like almost like a look of like, almost like animal confusion. Like they don't seem to understand what's why it's significant. 
but they understand that you're upset. I, uh, I, I don't know what to do. Everything has changed. I don't what's been going on recently. We are not sure. We remember you returned. You came to this place. We remember things being crushed within our coils. And we remember the boy eating many of our number. Yeah. And then it was very quiet and strange. And we feel ill. Ill, uh, how? Our bellies feel uneven. My belly feels uneven, too. As if it keeps moving within us. Like physically, or is it a feeling? It is unpleasant. And Nix, it's at this moment that you start feeling something in your own stomach, almost burrowing through your body. Oh, I see. I see what you mean. Uh. And it seems to be digging through you. It's incredibly painful. It is literally like little worms, like chewing their way through your body at incredible speed. Nix embraces it. Feels like she deserves it. You feel like the pain starts centering around your arms as your skin pops open and you see these little auditor discs start to emerge from your skin and they begin to light up and you start to feel a connection to to Muir, to Heriton, to all these auditors that never died because the fire never got corrupted. But then you see your messenger in front of you open their mouth in a hissing shriek as pockmarks open on the sides of their body and more auditor discs start popping out and you are suddenly feel a connection to thousands of imps thousands all connected to the fire all connected to the auditors and somewhere even though you can't see you can only usually see from another auditor's perspective but from the imp's perspective, you can see all sorts of strange, like, dimensions that you haven't seen before. And somewhere in the forge, Muir opens up slitted eyes. <gasps> this is the best thing that's ever happened. Or worse, not sure yet. And Nick speaks to the messenger. I can feel all of my children. Yes. You are numerous. We are many. Do you feel better? We aren't sure. Neither. This is not unsurprises. No, this is classic old school chaos, my child. Chaos shouldn't feel like this. I know, but sometimes it does, especially when the chaos happens to you. And Nyx, you suddenly have a vision. You can tell it's from the perspective of another imp far away, probably as far back as Shalmas. Oh. And they are wandering through the city, trying to look for some kind of fun surprise to play in their definition. And then they see a small boy with glowing purple eyes wandering down the alley in their direction. Get, a, get away from him. Nick's like, I don't know, like just tries to project or like however she would to like the imps. I don't even know that she knows how to do it, but that's just what she would instinctively try to do. 
Okay. The imp begins trying to retreat. Alex, what does Bastion do? <laughs> so, Bastion remembers? Bastion does not remember Cha-Cha. He remembers something is wrong. He knows that Buddy Cop exists, but he feels like that wasn't supposed to be the case. Something is wrong. He can feel an absence of Cha-Cha, like a friend, a close friend that for some reason he can't remember. And it's eating away at his mind like a cancerous tumor. I'm so sorry, but I feel like he would take that out on the imps. That doesn't seem unreasonable. Like, until he can figure out what's wrong, he's going to take it out on the imps. Okay. Uh, Bastion has pools of, like, 12 each. It will be a 15 for him to catch and eat an imp. Trying to decide how angry he is. Does the imp get a bonus because Nyx was like, get the fuck out? Yeah, the bon- Yeah, the Nyx would get a bonus. It's an 18. Wait, I have to ro- I'm rolling for the imps? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bastion is rolling against an 18. So what pool would this come out of? Probably might. And does he have any edge? Yeah, he has two edge in might and one edge in intellect. A level of effort would cost at least one point. We're going to use a level of effort then. Okay, so that's 15. I got a 19. Okay. Rip. He's going to be able to catch this imp and eat it. What would you like it for a minor effect? I mean, I feel like this is just like activating barbarian rage. Mm-hmm. Where he's just kind of going to start going frenzied. Mm-hmm. And so just like an advantage to his rolls. Okay. For, like every imp he catches, he gets an advantage on the next roll. Okay. So you swallow this imp. Bastion's face distorts as he slurps it down like a noodle. And then his mouth forms back up. What is Bastion doing after that? I mean, we just keep finding imps. I mean, next order is an immediate evacuation of Shamus for all imps. So, Bastion, as you go searching for your next imp, something feels very wrong. Oh, he gets fire? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you feel like little worms are burrowing through your tiny body. Your purple eyes glow brightly and smoke rises from them <gasps> until bloody pockmarks open on your arms and little auditor discs click into place and suddenly you feel nicks in the distance you feel auditors you feel the presence of guardians in shalmas in various places in distance from you you feel all those imps oh no on a visceral level not just where they are but like seeing things from their perspective and somewhere in the foundry your blinks or slitted eyes and just a puff of purple smoke comes up from the corners. You guys are adding a lot of seasoning to this fire. You know, how does this make Bastion feel on the emptiness level? Well, this is the thing, Bastion. The connection between auditors is very profound. It's not language based. It's feeling, it's emotion. While there is an auditor besides Mir, an auditor can never be alone. Uh-huh. So he feels better? And we don't have to use this mind link to track down and murder all imps? Because now they he knows where they are at every moment of the day? But Nyx knows where Bastion is every moment of the day. I know. So it's like a <laughs> catch me if you can. And you feel all the emotions of Nyx and the imps and the other auditors and Muir. They feel how sad 
Bastion is and angry and raging. Oh my god, is this a group rage now? Mm-hmm. And Bastion, you hear a familiar call. Bastion, attend. And in that moment, you definitely feel that tug of debt. But in that moment, you also don't feel as alone anymore. And Nyx, you are aware of what Bastion is hearing. You know Bastion's feelings. When you hear Bastion receive that call from a voice that you now know so well as Buddy Cops, what do you do? We find the loophole. Nyx will try to push to Bastion because auditors can tell if you're telling the truth, right? Mm-hmm. They can tell if the Guardian is telling the truth. Can they tell if another auditor is telling the truth in the mind connection? Yes. Okay. She'll push to everybody on the network her memories of Chacha. Chacha and her mustache at the warehouse. Chacha playing squirt puppets, carrying Chacha on her back. Chacha's many amazing surgeries. Chacha's care for Nix's mother. And she pushes her best and brightest memories of Chacha. And then she also shares Buddy Cap's deception of Chacha, his extraction of a debt, and all of his actions that led to the devourers invading, and his death. Bastion, you feel these memories. They're not 100% clear because they're conceptual. They're more wrapped up in the emotions than anything else. But something about them feels like that whole inside yourself that was driving your rage before you swallowed that imp. Bastion, attend. I also want to say that Nyx, as she plays through the circumstances leading up to Chacha's unraveling, will also include Chacha's acceptance of her death at the end. Yeah, and while all these memories are sort of like conceptual and there's emotional, one thing you do hear... I love you. I love you too, Chacha. Oh man, so now we gotta figure out how to murder Buddy Cop via Bastion. Oh, I think the network can handle Buddy Cop. I know, and so I feel like Bastion would like leak Buddy Cop's location to the network. Because like Bastion does have to go because of the debt. That doesn't mean Bastion has to go alone. Ooh, nor does he have to disclose that everybody watching. Provided he's wearing like long sleeves or something. (laughs) Oh fuck, but if he goes, then Buddy Cop can get access to the fire. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But also you're an auditor now, not a guardian. Can Bastion be eaten? He's not physical. Well, no, like he could like go into Bastion and be like, ba-bam. Because you have the auditor stuff, right? But you never like, Bastion's never touched the fire. So you're an auditor, but you don't have the guardian mark. So you're kind of in a weird like between state. Classic Bastion. Yes. So are you calling on the network to help you? Yes. So obviously we know that Nyx will support. And that means the imps will support. You hear echoes of support from thousands of imps, from a little over a hundred human auditors, and from Muir, who above the fire opens her slitted purple glowing eyes and says out loud so you can hear her clearly amidst all this emotion and says, Bastion, you're not alone anymore. And your life is your own. You are where you are because at one point he asked you to open the door and you said no. He 
your family honor you. And Nyx, you notice all the auditor implants on your body starting to light up. Astrid, you see Nyx glowing a bright blue. And Bastion, you see that death represented like a hidden ring on your finger as you start to glow. And you realize that ring, it's so fragile. It's so lopsided. It's as if it was just made of a simple thread. And it's right there, and you can touch it. Mm. What do you do? The galaxy's gone into a fugue state. I don't know. I feel like Bastion has kind of always yearned to be free, hasn't he? Yeah. But like, so do we all just like, d- does he try and break the ring? What do you want to do? It's your call, but... I guess try and break the ring. Bastion reaches out with one hand, his strange purple claws extending, putting one claw beneath the thread. And now, with the weight of the other auditors and the guardians behind you, it seems like such a small thing, such barely any force at all required to snap that string. And you realize that you're free now. There's nothing holding you back. You don't have any memory of this. It's not among Nix's memories. But whoever this figure she was talking about, for some reason, you don't understand. In your mind, that name circles back, and you realize Cha-Cha kept her promise. Oh. And then we cut back to Nix and Aster. Aster, what's going on? So I think when Nix wakes up from whatever the fuck is happening there, she would see that there is now, like say like five of these like humanoid statues and they all have kind of like sheet metal that's been like beaten into the facsimile of like a face mm-hmm. and you see like two of them are like the first two are kind of like not good but then Aster finally found like the skill for it and Nick sees that all of them look kind of like Dilly but none of them are right the face is all kind of like, it's almost right, like, the cheekbones are right, but then the nose is, like, too big, or, like, the chin is too big, or, like, the eyes are too far apart, stuff like that. And you see that on all the faces, and Aster is working on a sixth one. Nyx will go into her bag and find whatever tattered copy of Dilly's Nyxos wanted poster she has. Mm, oh. And will hand it to Aster. Yeah. Aster will take it and look at it and then kind of squat down and then uh, if he was human he'd start sobbing about now but i don't i don't think he would actually do that like physically doesn't he just get a bit pissy with big feelings <laughs> i don't pissy maybe i don't know that's i think what nick sees is that uh aster like kind of clutches the thing the poster to his chest and says i could remember the look in his eyes but i couldn't remember his face thank you uh you're welcome aster and uh a person is is more than their appearance. You you remember Dilly as he was. I'm going to miss him. Esther nods. And then after like a long silence, he'll say, What will you do? I don't I don't know. I I'm an auditor now and all of my children and all of the auditors are connected. And honestly, I still haven't even saved my mom. So I'll probably do that. And uh after that I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think Aster definitely responds in sympathetic silence. Yeah. Because I think Nyx would also realize that Aster has nothing. Aster has no connections to this version of this world. What are you going to do? For a while, nothing. After that, something else. 
We can, we can, you can remain with me for as long as you would like until we decide what we're, what we're each going to do. Okay. Okay. I guess Nyx will just sit there limply from like very gradually reaching out and like, she'll like put one of Dilly's bags inside of, you know, another bag and uh, just very slowly over several more hours packs up all of the stuff and what do you do with the separate accounts shins on Nix's person? I mean, she she pours pours them into one bag. No, uh, she evenly distributes <laughs> the weight in little bags around her belt. No, she jangle that way. She stores it better than that. She stores it well, but she does revise the bank mm-hmm. accounts to reflect that she is the sole inheritor of Cha Cha property. I feel like a lawyer needs to get involved in this. No, uh, I think she would combine them up, yeah. Uh, or, well... Surprise, the rest of this episode is probate proceedings. Oh, fuck. Nyx... <laughs> actually, yeah, that's a that's a great question. So Nyx will actually, as she packs up Dilly's stuff, she doesn't just move it, right? She lays it out, uh, almost, and looks at it all. And uh, at some point, she turns to Astor and says, Do you want any of this? Uh, I probably would. Let me see what... Yeah. It's his father's possessions. Come on. And uh, I don't know if you have a use for, for shins, but uh, these were Dilly's. And she'll set. There's one other possession that Samson didn't include in the inventory that Dilly would also have. Huh. That time cube from the foundry. The one that oh, yeah. future him activated, but present him never did. Shoot, what did that do? I forgot. Uh, That's what created the infinite hallway in the loop. It did? <laughs> did I miss that? Actually, you might have, because that would have been... That was probably about the time that you were in the uh, quarantine. Oh, right, right. Okay, that might have been when I was in and out. Okay. Oh, yeah, you can take that. I, uh, I'm i on strike, too, so they're going to come try to kill me. They sent a reaper. Yeah, because I used that. Nix will point to the uh, existence knife. She'll actually pick it up, though, and tuck it into her belt. So the one thing Aster is for sure going to pick up is Dilly's crafting book slash journal. Yep. I think he would keep mm-hmm. that. Aster will take up the uh, time bomb bubble bomb. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's going to do with it yet. Okay. I think at one point Aster will kind of nod towards the knife and just ask, like, who were they? They were. She was a, a performer and an explorer. Chaos of the best kind. And now she's never existed. Her name was Chacha. Chauncey. Chacha Latois. Was she a friend? She was my best friend. I'm sorry. Thank you. Do you know of the devourers? And Nyx will describe them. Aster nods along as Nyx describes them. The the door was opened and they were here, Astor. They were eating everything and the only way to stop them was to destroy the key, Chacha. Logically, it's a fair trade. One for many. Then why do I feel like I made the wrong choice? It's illogical. Yeah. Nix, as you two are talking, you have... It's still a little disorienting, sort of seeing and hearing what every auditor is experiencing at the same time. It's distracting. Like, it's the kind of thing that you feel like it should be giving you a headache. In fact, it should have done horrible mental toll, but for whatever reason, it's... You're, you're holding it together. You don't know if it's because it was spread across all the imps, if it's an effect of being the maw unending, if it's an effect of 
so much else has happened to you that you're numb. Yeah. But you see through the eyes of one of your imps, your mother and your father running between two buildings in Bodrov. Both of them? Bodrov. Quickly looking for some sort of shelter, and you see them running into Mesa's summit. Nyx will hiss at her medallion. A messenger comes out of the shadows. Mistress, you called? We came. Hello, my child. Can you please put me in your stomach and take me to the Mesa summit? And she'll, like, ping almost the uh, imp who can see, or who's out, apparently outside the Mesa summit. Yes, Mistress. And they open their mouth wide. Astor, uh... I'm going to the Mesa Summit. If I if I must leave to help my mother, I will leave a note there so that we can find each other. Unless you want to come with me right now. You seem busy. I will meet you there. Okay. Then Esther's going to start walking. Nyx will get all her and Dilly's belongings together, and she will put her head inside her messenger's mouth. Their mouth kind of opens wider, and there's like an almost like... <laughs> As it kind of pushes its mouth forward and draws you in, your feet are just hanging outside of its mouth, and it's warm and wet, mm-hmm. slick and sticky. In the best way. It's so, <laughs> and it's so surreal, the feeling of it slithering with you inside of it. And after what seems like way too long... <laughs> <laughs> It opens its mouth and you slide out just covered in saliva and mucus in front of the Mesa Summit. Thank you, my messenger. And Nyx will like slough mucus off of her face and uh, follow me. And she'll just go like around to the alley or the back somewhere that's semi-concealed. Mm-hmm. And she'll look at her messenger and she'll say, you have carried me in your stomach. Bring me another messenger and I will carry you in mine. Okay. Another one will be with us shortly. I welcome the honor. Just for fun, can Aster try to beat Nyx there? Or was it instantaneous? Actually, Aster would probably get there faster because Aster can fly. Oh, Oh, I can? Oh, hell yeah. I forgot. So this is the thing about the imps. They exist sort of in a different dimensional plane, Mm -hmm. But their advantage as far as answering Nix's call is that there's so many of them scattered everywhere. When they're trying to get between places, they have to move in real time. They don't move any faster than anything else. Oh, I thought they just, like, dipped into another dimension and, like, cut through. No, no, they can't take any shortcuts. That's why they couldn't answer you in the foundry, because it was somewhere where there was they weren't there. And so you were so far away, there was no reasonable chance for anybody to get there. Oh, I, I thought they entered the shadows, went to their main dimension, and then emerged somewhere else. They can do that, but time and space, like, for whatever reason, their place is pretty, like, one-to-one with reality. Was it faster than Nick's walking? Just tell me it was faster than Nick's walking. It's not faster than Nick's parkouring or running or okay. jogging, but it's probably... Would Nix have known this before she asked to be put into the snake's tummy? Because then she would not have. Probably not. Okay. <laughs> probably not, but that's, that's why I said it takes so long. You live and you learn. <laughs> so I guess Aster is just, like, kind of batman on, like, the corner of the building, just like... While Astrid, you detect some sort of anomaly, and then all of a sudden you just see Nyx like appearing out of nowhere, just covered in slime, just plop on the ground. Um, that didn't work the way that I, I thought it would. Um, 
just give me a sec. I gotta, I gotta eat my messenger and then we can go inside and maybe I'll change my clothes. And Nyx will pull whatever she has out of her, probably something that's just like horrifically patched and tattered. I mean, you probably still have your Boa PI stuff. Oh yeah, that's true. Cause we changed into our, uh, stealthy outfits, <laughs> right? Into our criminal office. Um, yeah, get your Canadian tuxedo on. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, Nyx will discard... Just change in the alley. Yeah, she is. <laughs> She'll discard those clothes because they're gross. Get out an old shirt or towel, wipe off, and then put on most of her boa. She just doesn't put on the jacket, so she's going, like, vest and shirt. Yeah, and you don't really have time to do the eye makeup. No. She doesn't even button the vest. She barely remembers to button the pants. Mm-hmm. And then... And do you eat your messenger? Once the next messenger appears. Well, there was already another imp that was there that could be there because they're the ones that spotted your mom in the first place. Oh, so that's the new messenger. Mm -hmm. So Nyx will turn to the new messenger and say, thank you, uh, my child, for for becoming my messenger. And then she will turn to her most recent ex-messenger and open her mouth. Please make a 18 might defense roll. Okay, Nyx is two free levels of effort. Is it a 12? And I'll spend two more levels of effort to make it a six. Three. Okay, you will take 12 might damage as you are consuming this imp. That hurts. And then you realize as well that as you're consuming them as an auditor, as they fall down and reach that pool of acid, you can see that pool of acid that they land in, that massive cave. (gasps) And for a brief moment before their light goes out, you can feel them. While they are content, you can feel the pain as they thrash around in the acid being dissolved. And in the distance, you can see floating this acid, one partially dissolved figure that's shaped like Dilly. Please make an intellect defense roll of a team. Oh, sure. Guess I'll spend two levels of intellect effort. (laughs) Eighteen. Okay. You don't take any mental damage from this, but it's very unpleasant experience. Oh, she takes emotional damage, though, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, Nyx and Astra, now what? All right, uh, let's go find my parents. I have a character sheet for Aster. Aster's going to use awareness <gasps> to allow him to track any living creature within the vicinity. I love awareness. Is Aster a jack? Aster is a jack. He is. Jack who murders. My favorite kind. So, Astor, you are aware of a figure in there that you almost immediately recognize as Deneb, alone in a room. Two figures that you had enough experience with off and on, at least by description, that you assume that they are Nyx's parents in another room. Mm -hmm. And there's, of course, the innkeeper and one other person on the second floor in a room at the end of the hall. Somebody Astor recognizes or just civilian? They seem familiar to Aster as if he's seen them in passing, Mm. but not somebody he has a direct connection to. Like somebody that maybe when he was still inside of Dilly, Dilly encountered, but Dilly probably only encountered once. Interesting. Okay. Did Aster take Dilly's tools? Oh, he might just for nostalgia reasons. Yeah, that makes sense. Although he'll say it's because they're useful quality tools, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though he has hands that are function as tools. <laughs> literally, literally tools. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's what Astro's aware of. That's who's in there. 
Yeah, Aster will very matter-of-factly list off the life signs that he sees in their exact location. And then say it again, but this time in coordinates that Nyx would understand, like, this person is in the front room, this person is in this room. And Nyx, when he describes the fourth figure that he doesn't necessarily 100% recognize, you realize that would be the room that Joseph Kinn left a note about. Ah. When you encounter it in the high man's view. So, Nyx will nod at the innkeep, whose name I don't recall. Marta. Nyx will reach into her own pocket. Does she have a room key? Yes. Okay. You guys never checked out, so yeah. All right. <laughs> Dilly checked out. Oh, Nyx will walk up to the to Marta. How much do I owe you? And also, it's down to one occupant. Oh, sorry to hear that. Thanks. Relationships are tough, I understand. Oh, God. They're dead. They died. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I'm sorry to hear that. Yep. Ten shins. Next, we'll drop the shins and then just wander up the stairs. It's, like, very clear that she's not really seeing anything, right? Like, she's barely here. But as she approaches her parents' room, she sort of tries to shake herself off. She takes a deep breath, and she knocks on the door. There is a pause, and you can hear hushed whispers. It's me, Mom and Dad. There is a sudden, like, silence, and then a rushing of feet. And Lasher Sladek opens the door, looks at you with wide eyes. Nix! And he reaches out and grabs you and pulls you into his arms and embraces you in a hug. Nix just immediately starts crying, great gasping sobs, soaks his shoulder, and reaches out one arm for her, her mom. Your mom comes over, and even before you reached out, she was making her way. And so while he is holding you there, she comes up behind you, shuts the door, and then embraces you from behind. So it's your parents making a little mixed sandwich of hugs. Aw. And uh, I imagine as she wears herself out, then her parents will do parenty things. And so she allows them to lead her to sit down on the bed, mm-hmm. dry her eyes... I imagine they're sitting on either side of her. Yeah. And once she gets her breath back, she'll look at her mom and she'll say, Where is the plate? It's in your father's bag. Nix will get up, go over to her father's bag, rifle through it, find the plate, and smash it on the ground. Your mother gasps as you smash it, like, in fear. you know, And it smashes, and for a moment she gets dizzy and falls over. Nix, you feel something snap in you, something that you didn't know was there, a tension. Like there was a something pulling tight, 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 and that suddenly snapped, and you can almost feel it flow through your body quickly, as if you somehow snapped a tendon, and you could feel it going back up into your body from the tension. But then afterwards, it's, it's loose. It was something that you'd been living with so long, you had no idea that it was this tense rope inside of you, until it suddenly loosened. And... Somewhere in Ward Anna of Fermont, one of those leech humanoids cries out in pain and falls to the ground dead. And as they fall there, it begins to rain, and rain begins to fall over their body, dripping off their strange head of gray flesh with that terrible mouth and running in rivulets down the soles of their well-built, well-designed traveling boots (laughs) and then your mom slowly stirs gets up and says are are you sure that was okay 
Yes, Mom, it was the it was the only way I uh my friends and I we figured out how how this works. And uh it was the travelers they were uh experimenting on us. They did this to you, Mom. They did this to us and Aunt Tolly. Aunt Tolly, but she she's been dead for so long. They kept her alive in a sick and twisted form, Mom. Our connection with each other is is what caused you to teleport. Oh my god. Yeah, I have my god. I know. And Nix will pull out the place that she has in her backpack and she'll hand her parents a couple and be like, You wanna you wanna help me smash these? Lasher doesn't hesitate. He immediately begins slamming plates in the ground. Like your father is not a aggressive yeah. person. He's always been sort of in your mind. The, the thing about him was always that he mm-hmm. you know, he hides his emotions. He doesn't like people to know when he's upset but he's always sort of projected a sense of calm and everything and in this moment you can see tears rolling down his face and his mouth twisted in a grimace of barely held rage as he starts smashing Oh, Nix will hand him her stack of plates as well. Oh, I'm sorry it took so long. It's it's been difficult. And quite frankly, the trip back here with Ama was terrifying. But she left a little while ago. Wait, what? Ama, she... We ran out the plane. I don't even remember why we were there. And then I was with you. And then I used it and I was back in the plane. I came back here as fast as I could to find your father and free him from where Ama had us locked up. That's incredible that you escaped. Well, it has something to do with you. I don't know who I switched places with out there, but they were far enough along that I could get back to the plateau. Wait, that happened? I, yeah. Oh, in that case, um, you switched places with Jima and, and I killed her too. Oh, she pauses for a moment as if in thought, and then she stands up and walks over to you puts her hands on either side of your face up in them and leans her forehead against yours and says, Oh, Nix, I'm so sorry, huh? You didn't deserve any of this. Aww. Nix will put her hands on the outside of her mom's hands as they're resting against her face and stand there for several seconds before she breathes a little, takes a half step back and extends a hand towards Astor and says, uh, This is my friend, Astor. Or associate Aster, whatever you prefer. And, uh... Aster's just sort of, like, quietly slipped in while you were in the midst of... <laughs> well, I was thinking about that, I think... I assume we didn't just shut the door in Aster's face, right? I'm sure, like, her mom was like... I think Aster would have stayed out of the room just because, like... Oh. he He's aware that he's, like, an eight-foot-tall robot that, you know, like, kind of takes all the oxygen out of the room. Yeah. Then, uh, then Nix will say, this is a... <laughs> This is my friend Astor. And then she'll say, Astor, come in, please. You hear, like, the door kind of jiggle, and it's like, it's locked. <sighs> Nick's a little unlock it. And as she's doing this, she's reaching out to Bastion and says, come here, uh, if you want. You loved her, too. Will anybody be able to see Bastion? No, but the auditors will all know what Bastion's seeing, so they'll sort of, by inference, know where he is. I guess, like, Bastion shows up. Yeah. Okay, so Bastion starts making his way back. Bastion can move very quickly faster than the imps, but it's not instantaneous. His, his ability is not at the level of what Cha-Cha's was. Got it. He can kind of sort of sidestep into a dimension where time and space are a little different and wander through there to get places faster, but it still takes some time. Whereas Cha-Cha, 
didn't step through something and then come back. Cha-Cha literally teleported. Okay. So yeah, as she does that, Nix will open the door and introduce her retired Reaper associate to her parents. <laughs> Hello. Um, I am Aster. Your daughter is an efficient killing machine. Very effective. Thank you, Astor. She killed me once. <laughs> Boy, we've come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> How did Dix's parents react? Honestly, at this point, like, Lasher is a little shocked, but he's still busy. Like, he's still sort of, like, been smashing plates, so he's still coming off of that. So he's not even really have it in him to be scared because he's has been through so much. Seeing an eight-foot-tall automaton at this point after everything else she's seen, it's a little surprising, but it's more like the surprise where you just sort of blink and accept it because she's teleported things. She's seen horrors all across dimensions. She turns to you and says, Nix, you have done so much. You've grown so much. You've changed so much of the world around you. She leans in close to you again. It's a hand on your shoulder and says, Now I know why they said your name. You're my girl, and you changed everything. At that point, I think Nyx will sit cross-legged on the floor and just, for as long as it takes, she'll tell her parents everything. She'll tell her about her mutation, how she's abhuman at this point, her diet of raw meat, her ability to sense temperature, mm -hmm. and the aversion to scorps. Yeah, that's sad. She just tells them the, the whole story. And at the end, she says, but nobody remembers Cha-Cha but me. Your mom is just looking at you with misty eyes. She's not sobbing or anything like that. There's definitely tears rolling down. She's crying for you. She's not a sense of what her daughter has gone through. And dad, I'm sorry. I Your breakfast is amazing, but... I'm on a raw meat diet now. Aww. Although that bacon you made that one time, it was just a little undercooked. You would probably think it was perfect for me. Okay. That's okay. I think I'm just going to sleep for a while. And it's at that moment you hear a knock at the door. Nix will get up because she's still... Well, Aster's here, so... But, you know, she's not letting her parents answer the door, right? <laughs> and she'll walk over and she'll say, Who is it? Your old friend and teacher. Next. Oh, fuck off, Josa. <laughs> like, seriously. We need to talk, Nix. Why? You represent an opportunity. I need to talk to you about your mother. Oh, sure. Come on in. The door's locked. And once Nix opens the door, she'll point at a spot on the floor and she'll say, on your knees, hands behind your head. I don't think that's necessary. I do. She looks around the room, takes an aster looks at your mother, your father, and then she looks at the ground and sees the fragments of smash plates and her face darkens. What have you done? What was necessary? Do you have any idea how many people have died and sacrificed to get us where we are now and you just undo that? Yes, I do. You can see her fists clenching and rage. Impotent rage. Because she knows there's nothing she can do to reverse the situation. Yeah, and Nyx will make sure that her perfect willingness and even desire to kill Josa is very clear in her eyes, and she'll let her fang slide down, and her jaw disjoint just slightly as her hair stands up on end and quivers. Josa takes one small step backwards towards the door, 
She's enjoying Josa taking that step back. So Josa takes another step back, and you suddenly are aware that you can see her back approaching the door. Bastion. As Bastion steps through the door, Bastion, who is very aware of this conversation, what's been happening right now, and he sees Josekin backing towards the door in retreat. What does Bastion do? It's too much to eat her, right? Nah, do what Bastion would do, man. Yeah, Bastion doesn't usually eat people. He eats snakes. It's not clear if he actually needs to eat. Oh. <laughs> That's Nyx's thing, remember? But he does have his shadow claws. He does enjoy killing. Can he put that through her chest? What kind of role is that? I think because she can't see him, it's totally unexpected, and he has all the advantages of Lay of the Land, that Bastion reaches forward with his claws, and Nyx, you know it's about to happen, because you can feel Bastion's emotions and things like that. Aster, you can sense that there's some sort of anomaly by the door, but you don't know what it is. But Nyx's mom and dad watch in horror as suddenly Josa lifts her head back and opens her mouth and goes, <gasps> and a big chunk of her midsection just tears open as Bastion's claws dig in from the backside and cut her open. And for a moment, a brief moment, you can see a couple chunks of vertebra sit hanging outside of her body as if she plunged his hand through, pushing through, breaking through the spine, and then they fall as he drops them, and Josa Kin falls dead. Boop. Nyx will turn to her parents and say, uh, my friend Bastion is now here. Um, <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> He won't hurt you. And Nick's like, oh, I also want to say that, like, at the time that Bastion killed Josa, Nick's, like, focused on that experience so that she could feel it, too. Mm, yeah. But then she says, let me clean this up. And she'll grab the back of Josa's shirt, drag her out into the hallway. She'll search her for any traveler-related documents or, like, cool shit. Mm -hmm. You find some. And then eat her. Okay, you eat her. Give me an 18 might defense roll to stay awake. No, I think Nix will just stagger back into the room and fall face first on the bed. Um, I will guard the room outside. And then Aster just kind of awkwardly, like, leaves and sits down outside. And then remembers to, like, close the door behind him. <laughs> Waits. Mm -hmm. So, you go out, you close the door behind them. Nix, you sleep deep, deep, fulfilling sleep. No dreams. No nothing. When you wake, your pools are restored. And I would like you to set up your final scene for me. Yeah, so Nyx takes time with her parents. She stays with them in, in Bodrov for a while. And then before she leaves, she leaves them a significant number of shins and establishes a small wayhouse in the city. She's assuming her parents want to stay. I get. I, I feel like I get to pick what her parents are doing. Mm -hmm. So her parents... Bodrov's probably the safest place for them... Yeah. That's still in Navarine. So uh, her parents live above the wayhouse and keep that going while pursuing whatever else they, they may want to do. And the day comes where Nyx says goodbye and she walks out of Bodrov and she walks to Charmant and she kills a lot of eels. And then mm. once she's done with that, she wanders north toward the beyond. And at Fortress Nightall, she meets with her fellow guardians and auditors, and she builds a memorial for Chacha and for Dilly so that they will not be forgotten. And then she wanders 
into the beyond. And over time, this story becomes known. Here and there, people hear it from a worn and wary traveler who they're not sure they quite believe, but it makes a good tale. And here and there, you would people would hear of a woman who, with the characteristics of a snake, would show up and help travelers in danger or in peril, and then walk away. Mm-hmm. Aster, final scene. Aster would follow Nyx, at least to Charmond. And I think I like to imagine this becomes its own adventure that we do sometime in the future. But while we're there, Nyx and Aster deal with Minos and the Nyxos in some way. Oh, absolutely. I don't know what it is, but that's what happens there. After that, Aster goes into the Black Riage. I think probably he follows Nyx to Fortress Nidal, shares what he can of the Protectorate with the Guardians and whatever information that Mm -hmm. he feels would be relevant. And then he goes into the Black Riage. And I think for a long, long time, if not for the rest of his life, he kind of lives alone. And there kind of builds up this kind of like folklore reputation of this area in the mountains you can go to. And you could find it by following these stone statues of this small man person. Mm-hmm. There's just this weird area in the mountains where they're just dotted everywhere. And if you can go there and find the creator, the sculptor, as he becomes known as, you can find any tool, or you can get any tool made from him. Any weapon, anything. Mm. Just gotta find him. A master right. Yeah, a master right. And I think that's what he becomes. Awesome. I love that. Bastion, final scene. I think he just, like, wanders around, like, randomly popping in on other auditors. Mm -hmm. And, like, when they're in trouble, there's just, like, a hand that goes through their enemies torso and boop he's just going around killing people and helping out other auditors like this is my new family now fucking awesome i'm gonna murder for them and he's just murdering yeah so i think among the auditors it becomes known that there is something of the hidden auditor becomes this legend and some even go so far to say the one who giggles (laughs) (laughs) oh that sounds like the best like urban legend ever the giggling auditor i feel like all of our characters have become urban legends the legend of boa the legend of the shadow auditor nix you've been traveling to beyond for years you're occasionally haunted by dreams of your reaper approaching you don't know where it is but you have that feeling that has fallen you and some of you is a little bit impatient you come upon a strange city where the buildings seem to be made of living plants that have been grown into their their homes. There are people here wearing unfamiliar fashions, and you come across one home. As you approach it, you see your reaper coming around the corner for you. And as it comes, suddenly a dark blast of energy comes through the window, striking the reaper and destroying it. And the door opens, revealing the silhouette of a young woman and a sesky next to a sign that says, A Stone. And you just hear this woman's voice so familiar just say, Hey. And that's where we'll end this campaign. 
Thank you for playing. Oh, man. Yes! Fuck yes! Well done, Daniel. Well done, everyone. That was a good one. It was good. Oh, my God. So everybody gets to do something about this episode. (laughs) I like how we didn't, like, shy away from the emotional impact that it would have had on Nick's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'll let Alex speak to, to Bastion, but that gave me all the feels in Aster. <sighs> the feels. The feels about this episode. And mm. honestly, this isn't how I expected the campaign to end. No. There can be only one. <laughs> but uh, what a story. And it feels right. Like with the stakes, right? Like heroes die. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. So cool. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of what, uh, what Stace said a few minutes ago. I like that we all just kind of became like mythological legends. Like I could see like Nix's reputation, like becoming like a god of travelers, a like a Hermes kind of figure. Oh, yeah. Because she can see, right? Like how mm-hmm. how does she show up? You know? Yeah. Alex, what about you? I don't know. I like how we like wrapped up the campaign being like a story about, you know, found family and friendship. And Daniel was just like the worst PMS nightmare trying to make us all cry on a Saturday morning. <laughs> Did I succeed? Almost. <laughs> you also almost got me on last recording. I was like, God damn it. Yeah. Don't do it. What about you, Daniel? Something about the episode. Yeah. Oh, God. It, it was so much fun. Like, I was I was a little nervous coming into this because the last episode kind of threw so many things. <laughs> because the solution that stace took with cha-cha was completely out of left field like Mm -hmm. we had joked about it before but i had not actually considered that it would come up Mm -hmm. like i started thinking through the implications if the existence knife was used on buddy cop but i had not thought about like oh god what if we have to undo everything cha-cha did (laughs) and i also knew that there were a lot of scenes i wanted to include in this one and thankfully we got to all of them Mm -hmm. and i'm also very excited but i love the aster being off in the mountains this master right that you know, has legends. I love Bastion becoming this sort of like yes. guardian of the guardians. Bastion being freed and having family. And honestly, if Nick survived, I didn't know how it was going to work out. But pretty much as soon as I knew, as soon as we did the cutting the cord episode where Italia teleports somewhere far off, I knew I wanted that last scene for Nick to be her encountering Italia again if she survived. Just briefly. And I didn't see, I didn't really expect it. I was just like, where would Nyx go? She would go into the beyond, right? She's leaving the steadfast for a very long time. So that was, that was really fucking cool, Daniel. Thank you. And I appreciate the nod to Italia mm-hmm. and to Marietta mm-hmm. because she was, she was a big part of this for, uh, mm-hmm. for a long time. So well done, sir. Yeah. 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 So, um, listeners, if you're angry at us, you can talk to us about it. But we had a lot of fun. So just some logistic stuff for the listeners. So this is the end of season three, officially. We'll be doing some one-shots in between this and the start of the campaign, too. Technically, in your podcatchers, it will still look like those are part of season three. But season four will be the start of the new campaign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you've got a you've got a couple months of one-shots coming up. Can we give a teaser on the next campaign? Just like a one-word teaser? Can it be steampunk? It's a cross between steampunk and diesel punk while still being very Numenera. So like smog punk? Unleaded punk? Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a shock to everybody when I roll out my very different glaive. So I can tell everybody the title of campaign two is Hearts in Orbit. That is a sick ass name, Daniel. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
What was this one called? This campaign was called Night's Hope. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the dice. Yeah, like the Guardians, yeah. That you can still get. And then so our our listeners can appreciate your naming skills. Our home game is called The Cold That Chews, and how sick is that? Mm-hmm. 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 Can't believe we're done, guys. I can't believe our characters have died and or retired. <laughs> Nyx. Remember Baby Nyx? Yeah. Remember baby Chasha and Baby Dilly? Oh, man. They were also innocent back then. Yes. <laughs> so pure. Before we broke them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I really did originally want to, for this end of the campaign, try to find ways to bring back some of our guests. Like, I really wanted to bring Latia back, and I really wanted to bring Dan back again. I was going to try to see if we could get Diana back. But just because with all my travel for work lately, it was just like the I thought oh, of yeah. trying to logistically scheduling guest things, it, it would have been impossible. I like, too, that it went down just yeah. us. I do like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, we have a segment that we do each week called Player Intrusions. That's where we offer you, the listener, an XP to check out something that we think you'd really dig. This week, it is my turn, and I will offer you all an XP if you read the book Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno-Garcia. Mexican Gothic is set in 1950s Mexico. The main character is a young socialite from Mexico City who her father sends her to check on her cousin. Her cousin in a previous year had married a British silver heir in a city farther away in Mexico, up in the mountains. And she is sent strange letters complaining about ghosts in the house and things talking in the walls and that she is, there's something wrong in the house. And her father's attempts to get in touch with the husband have been totally unhelpful. The husband is just playing it off as like, it's no big deal. Obviously protagonist's father thinks that maybe a psychiatrist involved. So he sends his daughter to go check on her cousin. And she goes to this strange house in the mountains near a small town with a decrepit silver mine in this strange family and her cousin who is quite unwell. And as she comes to this house, she realizes that something is very wrong there. And she has disturbing dreams. And... It's just so well done. It's such a slow burn, but is creepy and spine tingling and highly recommended. So Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno Garcia. Really, really good. If people want to tell us what they think of Mexican Gothic or the podcast or this campaign or why they might be angry with us, <laughs> how would they do that, Samson? Well, they can come to our website, explorerswanted.fm. On there, you'll see our socials. Such as on Twitter, we are at Explorers Wanted. On Instagram and Facebook, we are at Explorers Wanted Podcast. On Mastodon, we are at Explorers Wanted at Dice.Camp. But if you have feelings about what you have just heard, come to our Discord, explorerswanted.fm slash Discord, and share your thoughts and feelings. We have a spoiler channel that I suspect will be... My eyes will be glued on it. Hot spot for a little bit. For our upcoming release days, yeah. Also, if it is within your means and you're feeling generous, patreon.com slash explorers want is a place to give us money so that we can keep doing this so that we can keep hurting you emotionally. So come on and give us some money for that. Also, our dice feel like code diehard dice explorers wanted get 10% off your order of dice when you buy from there. And if you can't financially support us, we totally understand. Best thing you could do is to tell your friends, tell them what you like about the show, why they should listen to it. Let them know that campaign one is done so they could binge it if they wanted to. The second best thing you could do is to give us a five-star written review on a podcast directory like Podchaser or Apple Podcasts. It makes such a difference for people finding the show, and it gives us life inside. 
And if you didn't like the podcast, or if you just thought it was meh, well, the worst is yet to come. You feel it. You know it. It's not hanging over you. It's walking slowly behind you to your left, carefully stepping as you turn to stay within your blind spot. It's close now. So close. You could run if you want to for all the good it will do you. Maybe you get an extra few seconds before the first howls rise to the air behind you, before you feel the hot breath and spittle at your neck. But you won't get far. No, not very far at all. If you want to reach out to us individually on social media, you can. You can find me on Mastodon as Daniel at Anderlich, A-N-D-R-L-I-K dot org. You can ask me for some pro tips on how to win a cooperative game. On our Discord, I'm speaking to <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for making Campaign 1 possible. I'm at Slampotato on Twitter and at Slampotato at Dice.Camp on Mastodon. I'm honestly excited to see how quickly we can get out of the next campaign if we just PvP each other. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Timothy Unicorn on Twitch and Realty Unicorn on Twitter. This time I will win. <laughs> all right, that's it for us. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week as we will for every week in the foreseeable future. Have a good night, day, weekend, or whenever you're listening to this. And bye! bye. bye.